What to do, what to do. Does this question plague you when you're looking at a deal? Not sure which way to structure it, how to maximize profit, how to create a win-win, what type of contract to use, what the pros and cons are. This question comes up almost every day in the Facebook group. So we're going to go ahead and cover how to see the deal and know what type of structure and contract to use in today's episode. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. This is the Virtual Real Estate Investor Podcast with Vincent Polisi. Buckle your your seatbelt and prepare to learn how to legally make six figures investing in real estate with no money, no credit check, and nothing but a computer and internet connection. Learn how you too can begin generating buyers and sellers for free today and why you're only two calls away from making a $10,000 or more payday while never leaving the comfort of your home. And now, your host, the virtual real estate investor, Vincent Polisi. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Vincent coming to you live once again from beautiful, sunny Asheville, North Carolina. Heading down the mountain, got to do some errands in town real quick. And wanted to reach out and give you guys some more quality content to help you do deals the right way, legally, for free. True win-win deals where you can maximize your profit without spending any money on marketing or wasting time, clearing titles, waiting on closings, waiting to get paid, waiting for checks to clear, all that crazy stuff all these other clowns teach you to do. Okay, so this question keeps popping up in the Facebook group over and over again, and it is a natural question for people that are new in the business and here's what happens you're new you're out there you're working a uh, particular structure your leads come in you don't always know what to do with them if you've taken somebody's course what typically tends to happen is people try to then get very uh, very linear in the sense that everything must follow the same pattern They try to force every deal into the exact same box, and it does not work that way. Every deal has to be evaluated on the specifics, parameters, metrics of that particular situation because this is one of the businesses where every deal is completely different. Yes, you'll have some that are similar. You know, we have what we call a vanilla deal, but you're still dealing with different buyers, different sellers, different property types, different states, different laws, different objectives. Uh, different opportunities, different taxes, uh, taxation. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on when you're doing professional real estate investing that can impact what becomes the very best way to do the deal. Now, when I look at a deal, I want to understand what all the metrics are. I need to understand the numbers. I got to understand you know, what, who all the parties are, what the situation is, what the objectives are. Because as you've heard in some of the other podcast episodes, I've taken people that strictly wanted to sell for cash, who adamantly said they wouldn't do owner financing. From that situation where they were aggressively coming, I can't remember what episode it is, but four or five back, 
you know, aggressively coming at me saying, no, I'm not doing owner financing. I'm going to sell for cash. The reason I'm selling for cash is because I need the cash to buy another house. Sure, does that come up? Absolutely, it comes up all the time. But it isn't necessarily the cash that they need. They need their need problem solved. And we take them from that situation to, okay, now I'll consider owner financing with half a million dollars down, which I'm not going to give them, to solve the problem and we can do owner financing no money down. Okay, just that fast in the span of about, I think it was about four minutes, we went from hostility to absolutely I'll do it your way now that my problem has been solved. Okay, so you have to understand what people's motivations are. You've got to understand what their, what their objectives are, what their pain point is, what they're trying to accomplish, and then work to accomplish it. While you're doing that, you know, I had a mentor tell me this when I was in my early 20s in a real estate office. You know, the definition of a good deal is it's got to be a good deal for everybody. Otherwise, it's not a good deal. And that's the way that I like to put deals together. I like to, for a deal to be a good deal for everyone. And if you put deals together like that, guess what? You have a lot fewer problems than if you're trying to rake people over the coals, trying to you know hit them over the head with a hammer, trying to take advantage of them, get in these aggressive, um, you know, hostile situations with people where you're trying to buy their property at some ridiculous discount, which, I mean, obviously if you can do it, do it, but it's not always the best deal and it's not always the only way, and a lot of times you'll lose those because they can't or don't want to sell for that amount of money. So this is why it's important to understand what the objectives are and how you can solve the problem because in many cases what will happen when you're trying to do this thing where, okay, you took somebody's, you know, quote-unquote wholesaling course, which is really contract assignments done incorrectly and illegally, and your, your marketing is generating leads. Now you're trying to take every one of those leads and force it into that same model where now it's got to be flipped out to another investor. Well, the property now doesn't have equity, or not, not equity, but isn't, you're not able to buy it at the discount that you need. That doesn't mean that there's not a deal there that you can make a fortune on. It just means that that particular structure of a contract assignment to another investor is not going to work because you can't get the numbers where they need to be. Doesn't mean that you can't buy the property, no money down, owner finance, sandwich lease option, whatever, and put somebody else in the property that will pay you cash for a down payment, pay you cash flow on monthly payments, uh, provide principal balance reduction for you, and provide back-end profit. So, when you're looking at a deal, do not be a one-trick pony. Do not look at everything with the exact same set of glasses on every single time and try to force it into that one model that you know. This is why you hear me say I'm a full-spectrum real estate investor. Why? Because we are doing deals running the gamut of everything from you know a standard vanilla, no money down owner finance deal to virtual rehabs to virtual commercial developments to you name it, okay? We've got everything running all the way across the board. And the reason is, is because when I look at a deal, I'm looking at the deal to analyze what is the best way to put this together where we can maximize our profit and we can create a win-win good deal for all parties involved so it's an absolute no-brainer. I look at it from that perspective and then I make the deal fit the deal, okay? I don't try to make the deal fit a preconceived structure 
And that's a, that's a big mistake. And a lot of people do that. And what happens is they end up losing a ton of money. They waste a lot of money in marketing to generate leads that they don't know what to do with. And they end up throwing them away. And I've had people come to me before many times where they were doing the conventional wholesaling route, generating leads, but it comes in and they can't get the discount. Now they don't, now they don't know what to do. But there's a ton of money there. A ton of money there to be made. Just not selling it at a, at a 60% discount to fair market value or doing an assignment where you're flipping it to another investor for a massive discount, okay? So it's important to understand these things. Now, one thing that you got to know going into this thing is that you have to master your craft if you want to be successful, if you want to not waste money, if you want to not lose deals, if you want to not waste time. You've got to master your craft, and you have to be the perpetual student okay you've got to constantly be learning learning new contract types learning new deal structures understanding the ins and outs the pros and cons you know the asset protection the liabilities the risk mitigation how is it taxed what are the tax benefits all of these things play into putting a deal together it's not simply putting a property under contract and then trying to sell a piece of paper on an assignment to somebody else Lots of other ways to skin the cat and do deals and make money. And you've got to continue learning what these new structures are. So let's go in real quick and we'll talk about a couple of different contract types to kind of give you guys some ideas on different ways that things can be put together. So, you know, the standard vanilla deal we have is a no money down. This is on the buy side. No money down uh, contract for deed to purchase a property that we can then obtain equitable title to and you know sometimes even legal title to to then sell to someone else on a similar contract where they're paying again we have the four income streams we have down payment we have monthly cash flow we have principal balance reduction and then we have profit over and above our strike price for what we're purchasing the property for standard vanilla deal what else can you do sandwich lease options okay i don't advise doing them unless you know what you're doing and you've listened to the episodes of the podcast because it is a great way Right now with Dodd-Frank and with the um, way the court systems are set up with equitable interest and, you know, the disguised sales that are created most of the time by uh, what you learn in, in these half-baked courses that you're taking. So be very cautious and make sure you understand how to do those and when those are a good deal and when they're not. And 99% of the time, the way they're put together, they are terrible deals for the tenant. And if you don't care about putting a terrible deal together just so you can make money, which most people don't, unfortunately, then it's not an issue. But it's not an issue until that tenant learns and understands what the law is and takes you to the cleaners in court, which we've seen happen. So so there's a sandwich lease option. There is what is called subject to. What I'm talking about right now are are the standard creative financing, uh, owner finance type deals. There's subject to. What does that mean? You're buying the property subject to the existing mortgage that's in place. Okay? So not really all that different from a contract for deed or a land contract or an installment sales contract. A couple different ways they can be put together. Uh, some of them do, you know, a wrap where you're closing with an attorney. Some do not. You don't really need an attorney to close them. Depends on what, you know, what your per- personal flavor is. I always avoid unnecessary people and unnecessary expense involved in a transaction 
if we don't have to have it. Some people think that there's a certain degree of propriety um, in closing with attorneys or title companies, and there isn't. It's an ego stroke for you, and there's nothing else. All it does is add wasted time, add additional expense that's not necessary, and bring third parties into the deal that can potentially blow your deal up, which is the last thing that you need. So, all right, what else do we have? Okay, there are all the different flavors of contract for deed. Land contract, installment sales contract, bond for title, grant deed. These are all variations of an installment sales contract where somebody is buying the property on terms. Okay, They're buying, the, the seller is holding the paper, carrying the note. You may have heard it called a seller carryback. It's different from a seller leaseback, but seller carryback, seller financing. So a lot of different structures that are very, very similar. But basically what it means is they're not going the conventional mortgage route. They're agreeing to terms to buy the property for a specific payment or rate for a specific period of time. Sometimes they will have a balloon if the seller wants to have a, you know, get cashed out and have them refinance them out within a period of time. Sometimes they are fully amortized. That's what we typically do with self-employed people because they're never going to... Sorry, let me rephrase that. It's never going to make sense for most self-employed people to qualify for conventional financing because to do that, they have to pay taxes they don't owe to artificially inflate their net income on a 1040 so that they can then qualify based on the debt-to-income ratio from the lender. So most self-employed people that are coming to us, they just they, there's no reason that they would ever want to qualify for conventional financing. They would rather pay it off over 10, 15, 20, 30 years and do a fully amortized deal, whether it's contract for deed or some other variation. So there are those. Now, how do you know which one of these to use if you have the, the situation come up? And then let me back up. We didn't even cover land trust, which is you know my personal favorite for a variety of reasons based on all the benefits associated with the land trust. We're going to do, we'll do an episode solely on uh, land trust and probably each one of the contract structures just so you guys can see what the differences are and what the, you know, how they're, how they're structured and put together and when it makes sense to do it and when it doesn't. But land trusts are fantastic. The challenges you run into with most people is they don't understand them. And if you get somebody that's not sophisticated, you can, you know, lose a deal because of the complexities or perceived complexities because it's not it's so far outside the norm for most people that they don't they don't understand you know beneficial interest in the trustee and how this whole thing functions uh, when you're putting a, a deal together but if you guys don't know the story you know Walt Disney bought all whatever it is 43 square miles in Orlando with all those adjoining properties and they did it with a, a number of land trusts why did they do it that way because they were able to create land trusts with different names so um, land trusts create anonymity, okay, because you don't know who, who's involved. And so they were able to buy up parcel after parcel after parcel without having any holdouts and without having anybody run the price up because they found out that it was Walt Disney buying the property for Disney World. It was back in the 70s, I guess, what, late 60s, early 70s. So a lot of benefits to land trust. Tax benefits, asset protection benefits, uh, anonymity benefits, there, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Flexibility benefits with what you can do, you know, avoiding probate, ability to transfer, all kinds of stuff that you can do with a land trust that you can't do with a with a conventional like contract for deed or something like that. So, again, you know, this is why you have to be the student and learn your craft, learn your trade, 
to understand when these things are appropriate and when you can benefit from them and when they will benefit your buyers and sellers that you're dealing with on a daily basis as opposed to trying to constantly force everything into the exact same model and lose deals, lose money, lose revenue, lose opportunities, lose referrals because you didn't do a deal. It's important to continue learning, to continue your education. And, you know, you guys have it easy. I mean, I don't think you realize how, how easy and wonderful you have it because now, you, you know, you got the advent of the Internet and, you know, Facebook groups where you've got all these investors with you know, decades and decades of experience that you can touch in seconds that will provide you expert guidance for free. I mean, this was, I mean, good grief. When I was going up, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I had to knock on a bunch of doors, call a bunch of people, do all kinds of stuff, study like crazy, buy tons of books to get the information. You guys have it easy. You get everything, you know, it's all push buttons, all right here at your fingertips. Unfortunately, most people don't appreciate it for what it is and, and really what the educational opportunities are that you have. Now, you got to be careful. I will tell you this. you got to be real careful with any type of information that you're getting from somebody on Facebook. You've got to vet the source to make sure they know what they're talking about because Facebook, social media, whatever, these are phenomenal platforms for people who don't know what they're doing to provide guidance, to tell say things that are that they claim are the law that aren't to, and then it just perpetuates. It's like a virus. It just keeps propagating over and over and over again. So when you're in these groups, if anybody ever tells you, again, vet everything, right? Do your due diligence. They tell you something, statute code. Okay, great. Where is it? What's the code? Show me the law. I need to see it, okay? Always do your due diligence. Don't just take what somebody said for, you know, as uh, the gospel because it most of the time is not. Make sure that the people that you're talking to know what they're talking about and can provide sources backing up what they're saying, okay? So, once again, the key component here, if you want to be a full-time successful real estate investor, master your craft, continue your education, Understand what the different deal structures are, and that way you don't have to try to pigeonhole every single deal into one particular structure just because you took a course. And that's what they taught you. That's what they taught you to do. Okay, that's a great way to go broke in this business. And you see people do this stuff all the time, unfortunately, but it's not necessary. So just get educated. You know, you've got podcasts like this one. You got the Facebook groups. You've got uh, all kinds of websites that are out there that you can get information from, and we'll continue on with the different deal structures one by one so that you guys can understand you know, when it's appropriate to use them and why. It's really not as complicated as you think most of the time, but there's, there's so many variables and so many different nuances and so many different things that you can do with different types of owner financing, um, other people money financing, you name it, that there's really, you've got to, you, you have to have the arsenal, you got to have the toolbox to know What's the best thing to do, okay? You're only going to get that through education and experience. So, hope that helps.
Thank you for listening to the Virtual Real Estate Investor Podcast with Vincent Polisi. If you found any value in this podcast, please use our Give to Get method and take a moment to give us a five-star rating in iTunes and your favorite podcast service so we can keep giving you excellent episodes of real content you can use to profit today.